Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Renee Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Ring the bell and let's get it on. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Culture. Hi, Renee. How are you? Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I want to get right to the, the, the meat of the conversation. Um, we have a fantastic guest on the line with us. Renee, why don't you give him an introduction? Yes. Um, this is Professor Nobu Yagai, and he is um, a man of many, many martial art experiences, kendo, karate, um, jiu-jitsu, um, a very, very accomplished martial artist who just came out with a wonderful new book called Warrior in the Garden. And uh, uh, Nobu, it's wonderful to have you on. I'm so honored to have you on this podcast. As, as I said before, I'm, I'm a real fan of yours, uh, a fan of your technique and also who you are as a person and as a martial artist. And uh, fantastic to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for nice words. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Nobu Oyagai. I was born in Japan and raised there. And then I have, uh, I was uh, lots of influ- uh, influence from uh, samurai culture. Right. I know you started with kendo. How long yes. did you do kendo for? Uh, I started at age six until uh, middle school. Okay, great. And um, and I know you you trained. I meant, read in the book that you trained a lot with the kidotai, the Japanese riot police. That must have been pretty pretty amazing. Yes, they are very, very tough. Uh, it's more let's talk, do action. Yes, type of the <laughs> wonderful. Yes. I love that. And when did you move over to karate? Uh, that was uh, when I was a teenager. Uh, I started more curious about being a tough, like typical boy. Uh, that's I started uh, kyokushin karate. Oh, really? So, so yes. Uh, yeah. So you started with kyokushin. Yes. And where did you train in, in Tokyo? Uh, that was actually Kobe, oh. Japan. Oh, in Kobe. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. And, and that was actually our uh, uh, world champion, uh, Makoto Nakamura Dojo. Oh, yes. Okay. Know exactly who you're talking about. That's fantastic. And um, I know it was your dream. It's kind of interesting because you, had, you said that uh, in your book that you had a dream to go to America and train. And, and for me, it was the opposite. I was training karate as well. I was uh, Shotokan, but I also did a little bit of Kyokushin. But um, uh, I was doing Shotokan here in America and then Judo and some other arts. And I said my dream was to go to Japan. And when I was 14, my parents said the exact same thing that they said to you. They said, could you graduate college first and then go? (laughs) (laughs) And I read read what you wrote. I'm like, wow, we were like exact the same but from different countries. So I moved moved to Japan in 92. And what year did you move to America? I came here, America, two thousand. Oh, two thousand. Okay, great. Yes. And I know you were you. St- I know who you trained under, but could you tell me a little about the Ninomiya Sensei and uh, and the the program there in, in Colorado? So I came here uh, as a uchideshi. It's a living student. So uh, living in academy uh, inside dormitory, and six days a week, training three times a day. Uh, teaching more deeper understanding for martial arts with him. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And and could you tell us a little about Ninomiya-sensei and his, his academy and, and how it maybe – I know Enshin is a little bit different from Kyokushin-style karate. Do you mind okay. telling me a little bit about it? So uh, Kancho Joko Ninomiya, uh, he was actually judo state champion in Japan. And so he has a great stand-up in the judo too. So he's – 
style uh, with sabaki and judo slow with uh, kyokushin karate style. So pretty much kyokushin with judo slow. So not not so different from what um, uh, they're trying to do in in, in kudo and uh, you know daidojuku karate. A little similar, I would say. It's actually. Um, they are more focusing on uh, a blind spot concept, which is uh, you someone one person against multiple people. Yeah. So it's uh, using sabaki going to the most side step and then make kuzushi center balance off and then take down and then finish the concept. So a little different. So Enshin is more designed for multiple defending against multiple opponents. You'd say. Yes. That's interesting. That's fascinating. And and how long were you living and training under him? Uh, that was two years. Yeah. And and I know you're a very, very skilled Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. How how did you transition? I know you cross-trained from Kyokushin to Enshin. And then how did you transition to uh, starting um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu? So that was a huge shift for me. Uh, we had a challenge match. And that really? was just our master was out of town. He was doing seminar in Japan. So one guy come here the uh, dojo and ask us to challenge match. And he asked us who he won. He want us to pay five hundred dollar. We are just hungry young guys. I was twenty, and okay, just sign up whoever. And I. Use uh, uh, karate and then uh, body punch, and I knock him out. But after I start thinking, oh, what if he was wrestler than grappler? I have no idea on the ground. And I had uh, that time just UFC pride start. Everything kind of started people more interesting jujitsu. And then I start to uh, taking some lessons, and uh, wow, this is interesting. Kind of open my eyes. Uh, I needed to learn this area of my martial arts. That's how I start. And and who did you? I know you're under the Machado Network. Who was your instructor in in Colorado? Was it Master Ruiz? Uh, so yes, uh, he doesn't teach anymore. But yes, uh, one of he got much of the black belt, and that's a, he's my previous coach. To help my uh, foundation of jujitsu. Oh, wonderful! That's fantastic. And and uh, for the listeners who don't know, um, uh, the Colorado has a very strong uh, jujitsu scene. And one of my great friends, Matt Cram, who I okay. we used to train together in uh, Mach- the Higa Machado um, Hombu Dojo, the the main academy in, uh, in in Torrance. That's how I got to know him. And he he moved back to Colorado, so I know you guys know each other as well. And so I have a lot of uh, people out there who are really, really high skilled, and it's it's a great place. I, I hope to visit sometime, you know, and, yes, and train please. with you guys. So and and um, and uh, so that that's interesting how you transition from one martial art to another to another, and I, I think it's it's a wonderful journey. Uh, what I know, Hegan uh, Machado, the head of the Machado Network, uh, asked you, you know, to put your feelings into this book. Um, the book is named Warrior in the Garden, and and tell me about the why you decided to write this book and 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 how that that came about, if you don't mind. So I was driving. So Master Hegan was in town. I was driving to uh, Colorado Springs, and I was I came here as a um, samurai mindset, like. And just for taking the martial arts as a uh, combat. 
And uh, I got the influence from Master Higan tell me the, his martial arts philosophy. And I was explaining him, oh, wow, like I'm kind of changing. And then he was kind of mentioning, yes, the art come from Japan, then go to Brazil. And the Brazil to now spread to the all over the country. And then lots of mind in this art. And then I was speaking to him, then he was telling me, no, boo. You gotta write on a book. And I thought I was joking. Then I looked up to him. Oh, wow, he's pretty serious. And then I decided to uh, you know, create the book, uh, this book, Warrior in the Garden. That That's uh, awesome. I know Hegan had sometimes, um, the times that I've been with him, he'll just say something and he'll like, just two words, three words, and he'll like yes. change your mind, you know, like, you're like, oh my God, that yes. was like a life changing moment. He's, he's truly yes. a master. You know, he's done that to yes. me once and he said something to me, he probably doesn't even remember, but he said yes. something to me and it just stayed with me forever and changed yes. the way I looked at jujitsu and training. So yes. shout out to Master Higa Machado. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I really appreciate his guidance and uh, he helped me uh, when I went to Brazil. He introduced his one of the coach, crawling, uh, Master Crawling Gracie, and yeah. uh, uh, Grandmaster Carlos's son. And they actually, he shared and, uh, his experience, his dad taught about Conde Coma. That was like, it's connected everything. Uh, so I hear the voice from Japanese man 100 years ago, and through the uh, Brazilian Gracie family. And then I thought, wow, this is uh, something deep art. So he's like kind of point, kind of take me to the uh, interesting martial arts journey. Yeah, no, I I find that all through the book, it seems like you've been very inspired by Maeda Mitsuo. And uh, for those listeners who don't know, Maeda Mitsuo was the original uh, teacher of of the Gracie, introduced jiu-jitsu to the Gracie family and had a very long career of prize fights. Um, yes. all throughout the world and uh, and uh, as a, originally a judo man but also had a little bit of a sumo background or something like that as well and yes. um, but I know all through the book you mention him and his warrior journey and it seems it's a great inspiration to you yes uh, after I studied deeper go uh, he's uh, I mean back then it's everything unknown there's no Instagram YouTube and <laughs> just for the rumor and then how he challenging himself from the he was the end of the samurai era and then how he treated the people each country and it's all information there so the spain the library mexico and the people was appreciate how he treating people and then people uh, admire his toughness of course so that's i uh, very inspired his uh, life I've read a few books about him. Uh, one is uh, Ryan no Yume. And, uh, oh, yes, yeah. yes. In Japanese. Uh. In Japanese, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, there's two. There's that one and there's another. I can't remember the title. There's another book I recommend for any Japanese speakers. But actually, it's one of my projects to translate it because it's such a good book and also yes. very historically um, 
uh, uh, research. There's also a great historical research on him by um, uh, Joseph Svinth, who's a martial arts historian who really goes deeply into his life. And it's exactly what you said. He was respected wherever he went, not just for his martial arts, but for his character. And um, I think that's what comes across in your book is like, you know, we love MMA and Matt and I are big fans, but we, we this is something we talk about all the time is that, you know, there's got to be more than something just kicking people's asses, you know, like yes. there has to be um, a, a, a code. And, and you talk about Bushido as the, yeah. the, the way of the samurai and how that's a, you know, a, a Japanese chivalry. And how it has a place in modern martial arts and modern life. And uh, that, that's, again, I, there's a few people you, you mentioned in the book who also impl- influenced me greatly, Katsukaishu, um, uh, you know, uh, Saigo Takamori. And so the, the one you don't mention is uh, Sakamoto Ryoma. But these, these people, you know, uh, you know they, 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 I think we are very kindred spirits. These are all very famous Japanese people. I won't, won't ruin the book, but uh, you really draw on a lot of people who were from the samurai era but had to transition to the modern era but yes. still keep those samurai values. And that's something that we're dealing with today. Well, we have martial arts and we're innovating the technique, but are we losing – our, our our values of character and integrity, and just tell me about how 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 you see modern martial arts and how what how you see the bushido in the modern era. Yes, um, so this book project me uh, more deep understanding about martial arts culture and the philosophy and uh, uh, Doctor Kano, who is a judo founder and the first IOC uh, member. And he, why he created a judo is for the peace, a world peace, and through the judo. So when people are wearing a judo uniform and train and then express for the way of samurai in a, through judo, and that's actually he was believing more world is gonna be peace. And but sports is very fun. Very enjoyable, but I think some point kind of missing on um, like respect on the honor, and sometimes yes, fighter getting the troubles and shouldn't be young generation respect to the action. Uh, so I I think for the um, I mean sport you know sports and uh, uh, martial arts it's sometimes really hard to combine some element. And uh, I think it has to be changing something. Yeah, I, 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 I understand exactly what you're saying where it's like it's hard to be a, a fighter and, and, and walk that warrior lifestyle. But you also have to have something else. Don't lose touch of, 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 of who you are. And one thing you said that really stuck with me is that the one thing was missing in martial arts sometimes the way people train is love and for me i don't use the word love but i use the word empathy but i think love is a great a great way of saying is like you know martial arts originally way back when whatever country you're talking about it was love for your people your country your clan your love for your daimyo your fellow samurai but it was love there and you defended them because you 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 love this group of people that you're with and so at the heart of self-defense is love but we lost sight of that we 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 don't have that anymore. And uh, love, sometimes, you know what? It's funny. I will even say there's love for your opponent because I think you can walk into a ring and you can see two people fight. And at the end, a lot of times they hug each other. They're like, thank you. You brought me to this other level. And you, for that moment that you're trying to kill each other, there is some afterwards, it's some, something that you bring out of each other and that 
that's positive. You know, it's not it's not there's some love there too, you know. Um they, they see people sometimes they say the greatest teachers are your your rivals. And uh, at, at some point, I think you you tend to have a love for that, love for that competition, yes. love for that. But we lose sight of that. And 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 to me, the Conor McGregor's of the world or the Colby Covingtons are really kind of disgraceful. But uh, but anyway, yes. that's my that's my opinion. Um, so each chapter in the book is dedicated to a different. Um, a different um, uh, warrior co- part of the warrior code. There's benevolence. There's sincerity. There's um, uh, also loyalty. And um, I don't want to ruin anything. Um, uh, you know, the book. I, I really think people should should read it. But of all those values, um, wh- where would you where would you start first? Where you say what is the foundation? You know, I know you talk about discipline. Empathy, all these issues. How would you, for people, said oh, I want to connect back to my samurai roots and I want to have that, you know, modern warrior ethos? Um, how how would you how would you have them start? Um, I think the foundation is a courage. Uh, so anything when you want to start for the you know baby growth, start a business, whatever you want to start, it's based on the courage. So I think courage is the old foundation of the warrior culture, I believe. That's fantastic. Uh, there's a great quote. Everything we want on the on life, everything we desire in life is on the other side of fear. And to conquer that fear, you need courage. And so I absolutely agree with you. Um, one of the ones you do mention is um, – uh, Mindset, or I should say, you know, I said there's interesting stories. So, I, actually, I want to ask you a story. You, you wrote something very interesting about an issue with a lawyer and how a lawyer said that something was legal, yes. but you're like, that's still not cool for me. And could you go into that experience? I th- it was really made. It was really touching for me to read that. It was like, okay, yes. on the books it's legal, but you know what? I'm a man of integrity. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to ruin it, but it, that that was that was a that was a great story. So yes. Um, <laughs> that was a uh, you know one of the challenges in my life too. So I tried to you know conflict too much. But, uh, so yes, I had the experience. I had uh, conflict with uh, attorney, and it's not my attorney, but I think uh, he was doing something I was not agree. It, it's yes legally, but I think on. Uh, in humanity or warrior culture, I think not correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, that that's yeah. It's like there's there's something that's there's right uh, according to the legal precedent, but then there's you know in your heart, hmm, you shouldn't do this. And one one of the things that's touched me very much in in Japanese culture is the spirit of omoyari, which yes. is something that I always try to impart in my students, which is, you know, think about others. You know, don't put yourself first. Think about others and how they feel. And, and if you put yourself in a other person's place and you think about them and you think about how, how, um, how they, they approach the world, um, uh, a lot of times you'll change the way you interact with them, you know. So uh, I personally try to – you know, say what I learned in, in Japan and in the martial arts and and applied in, in that context. And, uh, um, yeah, so it's hard, though. It's hard. You know, every day is a challenge and every day is, is a decision of do you think this is where you want to go, this is what you do. But, uh, yeah, that's that's how I approach life. And it was very interesting yeah. to read your part. So um, 
one one aspect was another one um, that you talk about is integrity, and that really touched me. Could you could you draw on that as well? Uh, for the sincerity, yes, sincerity, integrity, yeah. Post. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so the question is uh, from the book. Um, yeah. So so just there, there was what you know you talk about. Um, um, yeah, makoto. You know, it, yes. How do how do you? Yeah, sorry. That was I was doing the Japanese instead of the, <laughs> the English. Um, so, how do you see as makoto no seishin? You know, how is that spirit of makoto in, as a martial artist? Um, so, I think martial arts is more like inner discovery, like ultimately uh, more of who I am. And so, sometimes people I talk about the book too. Uh, mean. There's a ranking system for the belt. And um, it's very fun to, you know, to get promoted. And I think uh, it's great. But sometimes people missing on a point, just like almost a belt chaser. Yeah. And that's talking about in, uh, uh, previous too. And sometimes doing the sports, you know, not, not everybody, like some few people sometimes disrespectful. And the same thing on uh, sometimes people uh, promote themselves <laughs> or <Yes>. like, uh, <laughs> like I'm a black belt today or I'm a, <laughs> yes. uh, sometimes people holding the belt too long and then try to beat, you know, yeah, uh, in a ton. You know? So there's a lot of uh, not to do, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I, Makoto, you know, sincerity stuff too. So, um, so I think, I mean, if you focus to a more self improvement, like a best version of yourself, I think that's gonna be uh like meaningful the martial arts. Then after you grow, of course, you can uh, help other people more efficient. Yeah. So yeah, I totally see what you mean. They lose sight of what the belt is. The belt is yes. like the belt is the aim itself. No, yes. it's not the aim. It's the self improvement that yes. that it represents. And and one thing you said it's just very important for instructors to have that sincerity and uh, in how they rank and not maybe go too commercial. But it's also important for the student to understand that the growth is internal and not. You know, not some external goal or something like that, and and I think we we in modern martial arts, particularly like with the day to day people, they completely lose sight of that. That the the goal is like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this belt. No, no, the goal is not that. The goal is um is your self improvement day to day, and um and uh, so it's not something external. Uh, yes. Very, very important. The last thing I want to talk about is, you know, you mentioned some really amazing historical f- uh, practitioners um, in the Japanese history. And uh, and the last one, you know, uh, someone is very interesting, as, as uh, you mentioned, is Saigo Takamori. And uh, would you, you know, so some people may not know who he is. He's very famous, obviously, in Japan. But yes. uh, I know, obviously, you wrote write about him a number of times in the book. And again, he seems to be a really big inspiration to you. Who who was Saigo, and uh, and and how do you see his martial arts journey compared to modern modern martial arts journey? Uh, I think uh, he, probably some people recognize um, a Hollywood movie called uh, The Last of Samurai. Right. Yes. And uh, he was uh, in the model. It's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
so he <laughs> he was the one um like end of the samurai era yeah and he knew samurai has to go on but i think new modern era there's no like position for the samurai so lots of samurai was not happy and then he decided to more serving to the a new generation for like a more like universe principle and then he actually fought to the last war samurai war and to create a new era right for with his death actually yeah i mean uh takamori uh, saigo is a really interesting character because he was a revolutionary against the tokugawa government the last you know shogun government and yes. wanted to have modernization but then at some point it went too far and yes. he he said no we can't lose sight of who we are and i think yes. that's a great analogy of martial arts today is like we we want to we want to improve we want to go modern we we don't yes. want to be stuck in old techniques there's new there's innovation but we can't lose sight of our roots and yes. you know and then he he was um not part, you know, a certain part of the government at one point, the Meiji government, but then he went on his own and, you know, and then unfortunately he, you know, he died a, a very heroic death, some people say, but uh, died with his principles. Uh, but I, I think later on, Japanese understood the rediscovery of, of, of his, of his, the value of what he was saying. So I yes. think that it's a very great metaphor and analogy for what we want to do is not lose sight of our martial traditions the 1% gain internal growth every day and also the integrity, the sincerity of practice, the, um, the love for your training partners and respect and rectitude and all the values you, you put in there. Um, it's, it's wonderful talking with you and uh, thank you. And I really recommend everybody uh, pick up this book, War in the Garden. It's very short and, and it, it's, it's something I, I think is just wonderful and it's very timely. You know, where MMA is kind of like losing – losing its way you know it's um yes. it's just becoming like you know two guys fighting in the in the cage and you you, you put this quote but you know uh c- combat without justice is just you know take martial arts without justice without without you know something behind it is just violence and yes. that's um, that's for me not something i'm so interested so um i just want to leave it to you do you have any closing uh thoughts on on people doing their martial journey whatever martial arts style they're doing anything to say um in these in the closing closing statement you know like what we would say to martial artists out there um to the martial arts community yes um i think martial arts has lots lots of benefit and giving you confidence same time of humbleness and then cultivating your own mind. Uh, my pa- uh, personally, I learned so much, and uh, I made lots of lots of friends. That's actually a uh, most benefit. And um, I think yes, we talk about today. Sometimes we don't want to lose something, uh, uh, like something important. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us, and I really, really hope. Um, that we can share the mat someday. And you have an open invitation to come to New York as well. Um, and uh, I hope someday I can visit you in Colorado. Thank you. Yeah, and is there Thank any way pe- people can, can uh, um, get in touch with you if they want to? Do you have a contact that they can uh, get or Instagram, something like that? Uh, yes, uh, I have a website called uh, www.wayofjujutsu.com. 
And there's uh, every information address, uh, phone uh, academy, phone number, and uh, information there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us. It was so wonderful talking with you. Yeah, thank you for having okay. me. Os. Os. So it was great talking with Professor Nobuo and yeah. uh, wonderful. But want to bring it back to there were some great fights this weekend. Uh, one thing before we get started. So, oh, sure. so Tom Cruise is not a samurai. No, he's not. Okay, I learned <laughs> if I learned one thing from that conversation, that was not an accurate description of that that historical event. No, you know, you know what? Honestly, though, he's actually based on an actual historical personage. Yeah. Um, and there was actually, it's funny, there was a foreigner in Japan who was uh, adopted samurai values, but he's actually black, and uh, hmm. uh, he he was an interesting interesting character. So there's the 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 Tom Cruise character is based on a hodgepodge of a number of actual people who did exist and a whole lot of Hollywood bullcrap. I bet that that script. <laughs> I bet that a whole lot was, of Hollywood bullcrap. Sure, a whole lot. I wonder if they wrote that script with in, with intention of having to be accurate, and then they're like, we need a star. And they just got Tom Cruise. Yeah, you know what? I don't know, but you know, actually, that it's still an entertaining movie. I and uh, and and the the main character who's played by Watanabe Ken is he's amazing. Yeah, is um is a loose approximation of of Takamori Saigo, Saigo mm-hmm. Takamori. And um, so if 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 it brings a little bit of interest to to that the Meiji era and the the transition of from the Shogun to the the modern time. Um, you know that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, understand that the movie is 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 a very very um, mm-hmm. in, inaccurate portrayal of that time, but but yeah. it's it's inspired by that. They remake that movie with Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, that, that would actually be interesting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we had some fights this weekend. Yeah, uh, we had some great nights. fights. Uh, yeah, we had okay. So we had the UFC fight night, which was Barbosa Vagechi, and then also there was the one FC, oh. which was like. Uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Um, so, uh, but let's talk about the UFC first. And there was a whole lot of um, really, really tough fights. Uh, Wait a second, we got to talk about Conor McGregor a little bit. Oh, right, that's right. We have not talked about that. We have not talked about my least favorite fighter. Well, you don't have to worry about him <laughs> Actually, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's for real? I think he's well, well. First, there's two things that are going on with Conor McGregor: the sexual assault allegations right. in Ireland, and then he retires. On the same day. Yeah. Do you, I mean, so, is that related? Do you think that's related? I think he put out the retirement to kind of overshadow it. Nobody's talking about the allegations anymore. Right. That's what I would say. I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't know what happened. I so can't. I, yeah, alleged, yeah, whatever. Yeah, alleged, I don't, I don't know, know what happened. And, and I guess we'll let the police but figure there's that a, out. There's but there's a lot of talking about that he's just building hype for his return. Yeah, he did it before. He reti- declared retirement once before. Yeah. So he'll come back and fight Khabib yeah. next year or something. I, you know, I don't think he should because he got starched. He should work his way up. And <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, there's a, like, look at Gaethje and Barbosa. There's a lot of guys in that division who could, oh, who could really give him trouble. And, um, and so, you know, not fight, not that Nate Diaz isn't a good fighter. He's a great fighter. But Nate Diaz was not top of the food chain at 170. Mm-hmm. So instead of fighting some, some people who are not at the top food chain, if you want to say you're the best – you know, then what you should do is fight the best in your division. And, um, and that, I think yeah. he'd rather just stay retired than have to work his way. Right, be, right, right. He's, he's, a, he's a kind of an asshole. Um, allegedly. <laughs> kind of, kind of, kind of. Although, I'm, you know, we were talking about etiquette and, and martial values and definitely I'm not surprised, but whatever. Mm-hmm. However, it's, it's still alleged, so you never know. But, sure. Um, uh, he but, did touch me once, though. That's not alleged. <laughs> But I liked it. Um, but yes, UFC on ESPN on March 30th. I didn't watch the whole thing because I was uh, staying up in late at night and not sleeping because I was stressed about other things. But 
Uh, it was a good event overall. I did watch the highlights from uh, some of the fights, and Waterson pulled out a big victory. Oh, my God. This is the best Michelle Waterson I've seen. She had a fantastic fight. First of all, she had great kicks. I mean, great kicks. Beautiful, like that that stomp kick to the knee, low kicks, everything. And then, you know, um, Kaval- Kavalkevich is not a pushover. She she has strengths in a lot of areas, but Waterson showed fantastic dominance in the clinch and really great grappling. And so there's no element of the fight where uh, Kavalkevich was, you know, could kind of claw her way back. Though it was... That is not to say that Kavalkevich is a bad fighter. She's mm-hmm. she's no. she's phenomenal, and and it was actually to me one of the best fights. Um, it was the best fight of the night, and um, I thought and uh, super technical, really high level, really MMA because it went to all the ranges. It showed a variety of skills, and um, and just uh, just 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 awesome awesome to watch. I love how the female division is is really maturing and getting better and better. And um, then, then there was the uh, Josh Emmett and Michael Johnson fight, and um, you know Emmett was, in, you know, it's kind of, um, you, you know, been out for a while. I, I think it was for an injury or something. And Michael Johnson's perennial contender. He's really, you know, if, I feel bad for Michael Johnson because he's ca- sort of like the really good fighter who is on everybody's highlight reel. <laughs> you know, it's like the other guy. <laughs> the guy. He's always the other guy. And I feel bad. You know, he's the guy that Khabib is like grinding down in every highlight video of Khabib. And uh, but he he fought really well. But um, Emmett showed a lot of poise and. Um, just clipped him with you know in the last podcast we were talking with um with Chris Robinson where we t- said a fighter that Danny Steele would duck to one side and throw an overhand mm-hmm. and while they were I don't think they were southpaw orthodox they were orthodox but it was the same thing he ducked and hit that overhand exactly what Chris was talking about and he lights out for Michael Johnson I, I felt bad I kind of felt bad for him you know it was like oh, another highlight reel. another person highlight reel. I know press is bad for yeah, us, right? yeah I guess so and, but he's, he's Michael will be back he's, he's a warrior he's, he's really good and then there was um, okay you didn't see it but there's David Branch right um, and I, I didn't know I have a personal relationship with David we go back way back he's a wonderful guy and a wonderful fighter unfortunately he he, um, Early he was yeah really outmatched by Emerson and uh, Emerson had this Great judo throw. Oh, my God. The last time I saw that throw executed that bait, you know who it was? It was actually Damian Maya versus Chael Sonnen. Because, okay, Damian oh, wow. Dial, I always, I always criticize his, his takedowns, but Damian Guy has amazing, some amazing stand-up clinch. And it's in Japanese judo. It's called Sasai Suri Komiyashi. It is a, like, you put your foot against the guy's foot, and you sweep him to one side, and it's you really need perfect timing for this throw. And Chael took uh, – I mean Damian Maia took Chael Sonnen down, took him down, and then he wound up finishing the fight. And um, in this one, it was the same thing. Emerson just – they clinch up and boom, he just makes him fly into the deepest side control I've seen. And then um, takes, takes Branch back and uh, David um, struggles to escape. And there's a direction uh, – there's a combination we teach in my academy when – People turn away from you in in, uh, in, um, in in trying to escape the back. We have this move called the the sleeper guillotine, and that's exactly what Emerson did. And he locked it up. And what makes mm-hmm. the sleeper guillotine powerful is that the arm is clutched on the other side of your body. So for familiar, like very often the guillotine, the, the arm is on one side and your head is on the other. You get choked. In this case, the guy's head and arm are on the same side of your body. So it's sort of like an upside down arm triangle. 
Wow. Or yeah, or an upside down Bravo kind of. And uh and it we call it the sleeper guillotine in my academy because it puts you <laughs> sleep really fast. Like, <laughs> you tap like, right away. Yeah, you go bump and you vonk and you're you they wake you up and you're like you're like, What happened? And you're like, Got caught in the sleeper guillotine. Hmm. And um and it's it's a great move and it just shows that Emmons this guy Emerson, this guy is this guy is legit. He is he is really putting guys out. And that was a really great use of jujitsu. Now, I don't want to trash talk because people say I get on the cat and the um, on the, the the podcast and I say this guy's bad or this guy's bad. No, you know anybody steps in the ring, I have tremendous respect for. Him. But there was um, Nedzku. The fight was a little before this. It was Nedzku. I can't actually pronounce the guy's name. Nedzku. He's a Nigerian fighter and he was fighting Paul Craig. And Paul Craig has had a lot of wins. And he won this fight. Paul Craig actually won this fight. But um, his opponent um, is not the best grappler. And yet, um, I think I saw Paul Craig take more strikes in this fight. He's grappling exactly the way I say people shouldn't grapple in MMA. Uh I'm like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But it actually did work out for him. But he ate so much punishment um, uh, on the ground. From this guy, uh, and then finally managed to secure a, a beautiful triangle. It was actually a beautiful triangle, but his approach to grappling, uh, although he's a really good fighter, uh, you know, I mean, anybody steps in the octagon, I have a lot of respect for, but his approach to grappling, I think, is really problematic. And um, if you're taking a lot of punishment while you're on the ground, you know, you're just rolling dice. And the whole idea is to me, the guard should guard you. You know, that's why it's called the guard. It should guard you from punches. And you should be able to, to at some level, protect yourself. And he was not guarding himself at all. <laughs> there was no guard. It was like, okay, I'm going to eat all these punches, and then I'm going to try for submissions. And I'm going to eat all these punches. And he had no posture control, nothing. You know, the, the basic fundamentals of what Eddie Bravo says about posture control, or the grace he say about posture control, clinching game, that, that, that was not an effect. <laughs> and then he's in half guard bottom, just eating elbows. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow, this, this, this Nigerian kid is going to kill him. And then suddenly I look away, and boom, he's going to try. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. But I think wow. when you're dealing with like these Hail Mary submissions, um, you know, like, and he, this is not the first one he's pulled off. He's like a couple fights where he has these Hail Mary submissions where you're like, he's losing, losing, losing. He's like, he's like the Derek Lewis of grappling. You know, <laughs> he's losing, losing, then boom, he wins. And, uh, and it's kind of entertaining to watch. How but that, I, that's not a tactic you can really yeah. continue for your career. <laughs> it's not, it's not sustainable. Losing brain uh, cells. Yeah. And this guy is tough as nails. This guy, Craig, is tough as nails. Huh? I give him hats off. You know, man, you have some major, Major cojones, but I would maybe think about trying to clinch up the guy. Oh, he's, he's from Scotland. There you go. That's why he's, he's uh, Scotland. Tough. He's tough from Scotland. He's Cable Torsen. Cable. I don't know what <laughs> accent that was. I apologize. Uh, he was a soccer player before. He, he was a soccer player. Wow. And actually, the funny thing was, he was eating less damage standing up with the guy. So when he was doing striking, he was actually not – he was doing much better when he's eating much more punches when he pulled him. And he jumped guard a couple times. He, and then this is what happened. He jumps – he pulls guard. He pulls the guy down to guard. But he pulls him down into top crucifix. So like, one of the, he pulls oh, wow. him into the, one of the worst positions you could be in. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> this guy I – mean, I don't know how I've never heard of him. He was the champion over at uh, Bama. Uh, yeah, and also, uh, yeah, yeah. Was he in Cage Wars too? I think it was Cage Wars too, right? 
I don't see him. No, no, okay, yeah, or maybe it was Batman. Be. Yeah, it was the the UK promotions. He was a big big champ out of there, and yeah. uh, and he's had a few fights in the UFC where it's like every time he finishes, like this hail mary finish, and it's <laughs> it's like crazy to watch. He's the Derek Lewis of uh, of um, interesting. His nickname is the Bear Jew. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch his career because yeah. it might not last long. I know, um, but he's definitely <laughs> like he. You know, I, I'm rooting for him, kinda. You know. Well, he um, just needs to get. He needs to come to radical and learn how to. No, don't himself. say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. No, 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 no. Come on. You know, he's. You know. Let, I'm sure he's got good training, but still, that's a little too self. All right, go to somebody else's. Yeah, team. but but. Uh, or where Damian Maya goes. <laughs> so why you get me these? <laughs> but um um. Now, Damian Maya is amazing on the ground. He's of he's a, he's a, and he can he, te- yeah yeah and uh, um, can't say enough good things about. It. I just was you know critical about certain elements of his game, but I have a lot of respect for Damian Maya a lot. And at his last performance when he choked uh, ta- um, yeah. uh, uh, um, the Tiger Shulman guy out, it was that was amazing. So um, fantastic. Were Popped you surprised by uh, um, Barboza Gethry? You know what? Okay, so these are two fighters. I actually was okay. This is bad to say. I was not really interested in watching these two fighters mm. because, um, again, it comes down to I'm not interested in fighters who are lacking in defense. I, you know, like to me, martial arts is based on a a a, a little bit a strong you know ability to protect yourself, and these guys are not the most defensively sound guys. And I mean, you've seen you, you know Gaethje is a guy who will you know. Live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, he he's just come in and pound. And and Barbosa is a very good fighter, very good fighter. Um, but defensively, sometimes a little bit lacking. And you know what? Um, I feel that he needs to mix it up a little bit more. Like I think he he sticks to his uh his his his, his, his boxing Thai boxing um Thai boxing really Thai boxing background maybe more when he should integrate a more MMA approach. You know, like mixing up takedowns and this and that. And and um. I mean, Gaethje has power, and you don't want to stay in the pocket with someone who has power. And um, Gaethje just kind of like got a read on him and then uh, put him out, and that was it. I'm going to go with conspiracy theory right now. Um, the last, I believe, five UFC main events have ended in a knockout. No, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's, 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 um, uh, I think it's the matchmaking. You know, they, yeah. they, they, you know, they, they're definitely, it's not a conspiracy. They're definitely matchmaking to, um, to general you know, public, gen- generate yeah. public interest. That that's like this is this is a ma- That's why I wasn't interested. It was exactly what you said. It was like, oh, this is a match of you know a casual fan matchup. Mm. You know, not not to say that they're both not bad fighters. They're good fighters, but um, they um, you know uh, definitely that's a knockout waiting to happen fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no question about it. Right. And. Uh, uh, you know, but Gaethje has power. The kid has tremendous power, but. He also just gets. I mean, remember the Eddie Alvarez fight where just, he just got floored. And, like he's uh, swinging at nothing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you're exactly right. There, yeah. Um, uh, definitely, you know, with a fighter like that, you have to use angles, movement, and um, and trickery, and and you have to have some solid, some solid defensive skills. So. Um, yeah, I was I was watching it, but I was like, okay, let's see when the knockout happens because it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> and it happened um, pretty quick in the yeah, first round. Uh, and and uh, I watched. Um, I also watched One uh, FC, which is uh, the, the probably the biggest promotion in Asia right now. And uh, they had some. They also had a really good uh, women's fight. It was um, 
um, Angela Lee, who was like the superstar of One FC, fighting up a weight class against uh, Shan Shan. I just call her Shan. I can't actually pronounce her name. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a Chinese name. She's a Chinese fighter. She's a boxing background. But oh my god, this was a slobber knocker, mm-hmm. and it was just such a rough fight. And this girl, Shan, she she has freaking power, man. Oh my god. And Angela Lee, get this girl was. Like all heart, and she was just a little bit uh, overwhelmed. I think the the strength issue, being a different weight class, was was something, and uh, it it ended up one of the most hellacious body shots I've seen. And then, but it went to the fifth round. It was a great fight, and you can see one FC is up and coming. They had uh, some really good matches. They had Shinyaoki, who's a famous Japanese fighter, fight one of their champions who t- he tapped him out. Um, they had uh, uh, Bellington versus uh, Bibiana Fernandez. And Demetrius Johnson was on the card and he uh, he he fought this guy, um, this Japanese fighter. And let me tell you, everybody's like, oh, Demetrius Johnson's going to walk through him. Holy crap. This Japanese fighter was game. Mm-hmm. He was game. He was tagging DJ. And I mean, if you guys can go down and look at it, probably can pull it up on YouTube or something. But it was a fight. It was a real fight. So you can see that 1FC is not quite at the UFC level in terms of the entire promotion. Mm-hmm. But they have some stars, some standouts that are really freaking good. Wow. And um, um, and uh, that guy was tagging DJ. DJ put him out. He he, he definitely beat him. He put him with a beautiful high elbow guillotine and Marcel team. And it was a great fight. Um, but I, I suggest, guys, to check into 1FCs. It's not quite – most of the fights are not quite at the UFC level. Mm-hmm. But then again, there are fights at the UFC level that are not at the UFC level. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that is, that was not clear. the most technical There fight. was a, a fight yeah. promotion in Japan that we talked about, I think, last year, uh, Ryzen. Yes. How are they doing? Um, doing well. Doing well. They, they have promotions here and there. I mean the last last one they had um, – Shoot, you know, I don't, I don't watch Ryzen that much, yeah. you know, but I watch it here. They're and there. still coming yeah. up. Yeah, no, they they have, um, they, but you know, they have that same thing that the Japanese have where they, uh, they like, um, they like a little bit more of the sideshow stuff. Mm. And the one thing about the One FC, this actually, this One FC happened in Japan. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about One FC that I really uh, liked was um, their their. Talking about what uh, Professor Nobuo said, you know, they they like the martial values. They don't like trash talking. They like people to be martial artists and be respectful and carry themselves with integrity and with just class. And so that was really, really, really cool. And um, definitely bring back the martial arts, you know, ethos. Remember uh, uh, Chris Romulo on our podcast said he watches only 1FC. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see why, you know. It's a great promotion. Though, like I said, they have some really outstanding fighters, but there's some fighters that are not quite there yet either, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, though Eddie Alvarez just fought on the show too and got knocked out, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, so it's definitely it's definitely um, uh, Gary Tonin fought. He fought a person who was not really uh, um, on his class. Gary Tonin's a very famous grappler, um, but kind of fought a guy that wasn't really that well versed in grappling and um, and beat him. But uh, but it was a good fight. Um, hmm. It was fine. And um, but uh, it was a good it's a good show. It's a good, good show. Yeah. So I recommend it. And it's nice to see nice to see other opportunities. And 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 one FC and 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 the UFC have like a partnership now where they're kind of like a little exchanging. Oh, you'll so, team. Yeah, right. Exactly. Legacy has that too. And I think that's really good. It's like okay, the UFC is the top dog, and we're going to cooperate with them, and we're going to kind of exchange fighters. And I think we'd like to. It's nice to see. I'd like to see some of the top 
um, one guys eventually segue into the UFC. You know, mm-hmm. like the some of the guys that um, from the UFC went down, went down to one FC, and uh, and uh, were able to fight there. So it was good. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was good, good events. Yeah, it was good. Event. Unfortunately, one their main event um, ended with uh, with a um, with a disqualification. It was a uh, elbow to the to the mohawk part of the head. You know that where where you can't elbow, so that's not allowed. <laughs> and it was disqualified. But you know, to me. I think they should take that rule out. That should be a legitimate technique because it's a legitimate fighting technique that, you know, the 12 to 6 elbow, you know, um, and to the spine, just just the guy gets hit, stop and give him a warning. If he gets hit again, you know, there's always a safety protocol. But I really dislike when they, they take take weapons out. And, yes, we want fighter safety, but at the same time, you know, it's a legitimate move. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bibiana Fernandez shot in, was taken down, was open to that shot. And then um, and then got caught, and then uh, they couldn't they couldn't restart the fight. So... That's a shame. Yeah, yeah just give them, yeah. give them some bats and some some claws and some tiger ladies and go in <laughs> you, there and go you crazy. Know, you know, you know what I watch right now on TV? This new TV show called Night Fight. Have you seen it? No. So it's MMA, basically not quite MMA, but it's MMA in armor <laughs> with blunted swords and stuff. Night Fight. So yeah, it's, it's on it's like, on the History Channel, okay. and it's basically like uh, recreating the historical martial arts of of, uh, uh, of the West, and you you fight with like knight armor and swords, and eat like okay, I'm a uh, a um, medieval uh, knight, or I'm a you know Ottoman janissary, or I'm a this, and they they give you the knight of the period, and yeah. then they fight it out, and they have a melee, which is like a, like a chaotic <laughs> battle of a whole bunch of guys, and then they also have like one on one fights, and uh, but you can't go to the ground uh, for too long, like you go to the ground, but you see guys. Like um, there was actually an MMA guy who jumped into it, and in the first episode, and and uh, he tried some MMA techniques. He tried a, a, a double leg, and the guy takes his axe and <laughs> goes gunk and just drops him. And like, oh, when a guy has an axe, don't do a double leg like that. <laughs> oh, mark that off. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember yeah. there used to be a show on History, I think, where they would have. Uh, like a samurai versus a Viking. Yes, and they would see. I who would remember win that. that show. That was really was that called. was fun show. But they went scientifically, like measured the the veracity and all the. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. I love that show. It was um, shoot, I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah, fight not fight quest fight. Fight Science. Wasn't it Fight Science? No, no, that was a different one. Yeah, no. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, there are a few of them. But you know, there's also a good show on Netflix with. Um, do you remember the the evil guy from uh, from Captain America: Winter Soldier? He's um. Yeah, that one arm guy. No, the the oh, the, 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 main, mer- the main no, not guy? the main evil guy, not not Robert Redford, but the um he was like a mercenary. Um, I forget his name's Frank Rullian, the the actor, but he has a show on Netflix, and where he goes. Oh, he played Crossbones. Crossbones, right? That's mm-hmm. the one I'm talking about. Crossbones, right? Thank you. Obviously, you were up on your Marvel trip. I'm up. Yeah. yeah, you're looking forward to. Did you see um Did you see uh the the the, the movie yet? Um, uh, the one with the girl, Marvel girl, Marvel. No, I've not seen that yet. Pal- Marvel, Marvel. Mrs. Mar- Mar- mm-hmm. Fuck what they called? Yeah, is it Mar- Mar- Marvel? Ms. Marvel, Miss Marvel, Ms. Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, oh, Captain look at this Marvel. misogynistic. <laughs> I'm making her Miss Marvel. No, but there is a that's what she was. Yeah, no, there is a Miss Marvel. There's yeah. another character. Thanks, anyway, Miles. Yes, um, uh, but. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Crossbones, yeah, he does a show where he goes around to different cultures and and studies their martial arts. And there was another show like back when it was called Fight Quest. They did it, but yeah. it's nice to see it back um, where you can just appreciate the world of martial arts. And uh, so there's a lot of shows. This Night Fight. I'm addicted to the show. I love the show. Night it's like a bunch of knights fighting, and it's interesting. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. So if a guy has an axe handle, I'm not going to shoot a, do- a low double leg. Have you seen that video game uh, called For Honor? No, no. What is it? So it's uh, it's that show where they have. Um, uh, Fighters from different 
world, parts of the world. So they have samurais, they have Vikings, they have knights, yeah, and they have ninjas, uh, and right, then ninjas yeah, yeah. and then they fight Zula each other. Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, okay. yeah I'm trying to remember the name of the show because I know exactly what you're talking about. Where, so I remember it was a ninja versus uh, like a like um like a uh, yeah, like a Zulu warrior or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> seeing that, I'm like wow, this is crazy. <laughs> Maybe it was on National Geographic. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, right. I don't know, one I, of those shows. Uh, it was great. Some of these shows that are coming out are really interesting, and I like how they have a lot of respect um, for uh, for the martial arts and the martial arts traditions. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next fight coming up, UFC two thirty six, mm-hmm. April thirteenth, Holloway versus Poirier. Um, that that's going to be really really good. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, Gastelum versus Adesanya. Yeah. That's so going to be really good, too. two big main events yeah. and two uh, belt And line. very, very technical fighters, you know, really good. So, you know, like, the thing is the elite of the UFC are really elite. They're just really amazing, and it's just a pleasure to watch, you know. Um, and, and you know, um, I think there's a place for fan – fan uh, – uh, what's a um, – Making fans happy fan with service, some yeah. fan service, right? With with uh, some some fights, but also, you know, even the guys who aren't technical, like I said, this is the way I watch that night fight thing. I'm like, okay, well, if I was going to fight Justin Gaethje, what would I do? You know, like so, even when it's not elite technical level, it's still very interesting to me. Like, okay, how would I do this if I were at Edson Bobo? So, what would I do? Yeah. How would I have to move to the side? Okay, I don't want to get knocked out with this freaking bazooka. <laughs> so, what what do I have to do? You know, and and so. Um, and definitely, there are high quality athletes. Some, some of them, you know, some of them, not so much, but most, <laughs> most of them are. <laughs> well, uh, next week we don't have a guest next week, right? No, we lined up. All right, so next week I'm going to bring uh, my PlayStation in, and we're going to fight on uh, UFC. Oh, totally. Let's do that. UFC three. We're going to do the Holloway versus Poirier and Gaslam versus Adesanya. Okay. And we get who do you want to be? Uh, what, what you, uh, Holloway versus Poirier. Yeah. I'll. Uh, hmm. I, I'll let it uh, up to you. Okay. And then, uh, you have an opinion on Gaslam versus Asanya? Who do you want to be? Uh, you know, you I'll could flip a coin. You want to flip a coin? Yeah. You, uh, we have a flip a coin. We'll flip a coin for both of them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Who do, you, do we, we're going to, after we, after we, we do the fight, the PlayStation fight, then we'll, uh, we'll also bet on the result. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Awesome. We'll bet on both of them. But the both one last thing I want to talk about. Um, so, uh, the, you know, some of the guys talking about martial arts, some of the guys, I oppose this, may not follow the martial art of sumo. It might, might think it's like a bunch of dumb fat guys, you know, just pushing each other. But then it's not. It's uh, a lot of really interesting technique. Now, of course, because it's limited because of the rules. But we are living in the era of the most dominant sumo wrestler ever. His name is Hako. He's actually Mongolian. His dad is actually a former uh, wrestling world champion, like a re- regular wrestling, not fake wrestling. You know, like, <laughs> like, like you what's know, fake wrestling? <laughs> you know, like a freestyle wrestling champion. Sure. And um, and he he uh, he is the most dominant sumo wrestler. Today. And watching him, it's it's amazing. He came into the last tournament, so it's interesting that one FC was actually the location was actually the stadium where they have sumo. So right before they had the the one FC, they they probably just got rid of the the sumo stuff and put that the one FC in. Mm-hmm. But but right before that, you know, it was just just ended recently. It was Hako one. He is the most winning sumo wrestler around. And I just you want to see a great amazing athlete, you know, like people look back and they look like, "Oh, this is the Michael Jordan era or this is the, you know, um Mark McGuire, you know, I'm so dating. My students make fun of me because I don't know any like sports stuff. Like Babe Ruth, this is the era that people are going to talk about for years. Wow, they, it, this guy has broken every single sumo wrestler 
wrestling record for th- hundreds of hundreds of years. He is so dominant, and he he wrestled this tournament with an injury, and he was not looking his best. But the guts this guy showed to to win and the technique, it was absolutely amazing. Though in his very very final fight, he went completely undefeated the entire tournament. He's like unreal, and uh, um. The final fight, unfortunately, his injury gave way, and he really, really got hurt. So he might be out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he came in very injured and still just got it done. It was amazing. And he mm-hmm. is not one of the bigger sumo wrestlers. He's not, he's not small. But it's also interesting. He started sumo when he was a kid, and he was um, he didn't he didn't wrestle as a kid or anything. He did play basketball. He's very tall, and he he like weighed in when he first started doing sumo. Guess how much he weighed. I don't he was even a kid. Know what sumo, like, uh, yeah, hundred. No, just pounds? a kid. Yeah, he was like one hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. He was like nothing. He was nothing, and and he always had trouble putting on weight. And and people told him he'd never ever be good at sumo. And they told him you'll never, you'd never be good. You're too small. You're this. This guy's the best sumo ever, wrestler to ever live. There you go. It's amazing. It's like very inspiring. And uh, and just just check him out. You can always look on YouTube. Just yeah. look up Hakuho, and all his highlights come up. Uh, it's it's really impressive. How do you spell what he's that? Uh, H A. K Haku U H O Haku Ho Haku Ho Yeah All right yeah. Check it out Amazing So anyway It was an interesting conversation I'm so super happy to have uh, uh, Professor um, Nagai on today And just talk about the fights and, Yeah And, and yeah. Check, check out his book uh, Warrior in the Garden Yeah You can find it on Amazon Or wherever books are sold And, and his website was uh, Art of Jiu Jitsu Art of Jiu Jitsu dot com. com Yeah Fantastic And um, you know We still have that uh, Giveaway of Um Mm-hmm. Of Barry's book, The Killer Collective, mm-hmm. and uh, so keep writing up those. Don't um, sleep on that. Yeah, it's keep a great writing. Book. Get, write us a, a YouTube review, and we'll pick out. We already we already have one or two two new ones, so we'll go go for a little bit longer, and then we'll put them in a hat. And uh, so anybody who writes us a nice YouTube or Stitcher review, will be eligible. If you the minute you write a review, just send us a send us a message on uh, Facebook or something, and uh, but we'll probably find it anyway. But we'll put you in the running for. Uh, for a killer collective, Beautiful. which is actually it's actually a really fun read. Yeah, so, it's yeah. a great book. Yeah. All right, we'll see you next week, and uh, we'll fight each other in UFC three. Can't wait. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore Culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.